Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Scotty and the Secret History of Hollywood is a scandalous story of Scotty Bowers, a handsome ex-Marine who landed in Hollywood after World War II and became confidant, aide-de-camp, and lover of many of Hollywood's greatest male and female stars. In the 1940s and 50s, Scotty ran a gas station in the shadow of the studio lots where he would connect his friends with actors and actresses who had to hide their true sexual identities for fear of police raids at gay bars, societal shunning, and career suicide. An unsung Hollywood legend, Bowers would cater to the sexual appetites of celebrities, straight and gay, for decades. The director of the film, Scotty and the Secret History of Hollywood, is Matt Tiernauer. You'll know his work from Citizen Jane, Battle for the City, Valentino, The Last Emperor, and other wonderful documentaries. We're fortunate to have with us today the director of Scotty and the Secret History of Hollywood, Matt Tiernauer. Matt, welcome to Film School. How did you get to know Scotty Bowers? Uh, I first met Scotty through the great author Gore Vidal, uh, who met him in 1947 at the gas station that Hollywood uh, in Hollywood that Scotty ran as a covert brothel. Uh, the first time I heard about this gas station was actually through Merv Griffin, the talk show host. I did a long article about Merv in uh, the early 2000s for Vanity Fair. And he told me there was a gas station in Hollywood where you would go to get into trouble. That was his euphemism for uh, same-sex activity, mm. I think. And um, <laughs> eventually, uh, I was in Gore's living room uh, about, I don't know, six years ago, maybe, in the Hollywood Hills. And he spontaneously blurted out, I want to find Scotty. I said, who's Scotty? He said, Scotty was my pimp. And I thought, oh, well, tell me more. And he said he had a gas station in Hollywood. I thought, oh, my, this is the same person I've been hearing about. This is how I found out he was still with us. I asked Gore where he lived. He said, he lives up in Laurel Canyon. I just haven't been in touch with him for a few years. They did get back together. I met Scotty through Gore, and it was that trusted mutual friend that allowed us to embark upon this uh, filmmaking adventure together with uh, great ease, actually. Yeah. Well, what it's what was uh, Scotty Bowers' initial reaction to you saying, I, I want to do a film about your life? Or how did you ask the question? Was it about the sort of secret history or was it about his life? How did you approach him? Uh I think it was basically about both. I, I, the film, the title of the film really says what the film is. It's about Scotty and the right. secret history of Hollywood. Right. Uh, so <laughs> uh, the, both are intermeshed. I, Scotty becomes the, the, the window that opens back to this secret lost world. The fact that Scotty is still around and is very much the main presence in this mostly cinema verite film uh, means that we see a lot of this 
through his lens and from his perspective. And was he at all reticent about talking about anything or about exploring his life? It it seems from the film that he's a very open, very um, engaging person. Was there any hesitation to get into some of this stuff? No, he's very open. You're right. I think that um, he tells it like it is, and he's not reticent at all. Uh, I've I've really never interviewed anyone that was more an open book than Scotty. Yeah. It's great in the film because he he really comes off as this sort of happy messenger, happy. He's just generally a very sunny disposition. But he seems in the film, and I'm sure this is a, a byproduct of your is ease with you, and, and um, but he seems eager to tell the story from the perspective of someone who who feels like there's nothing to be ashamed of or to to feel reticent about discussing, which is such an I mean I during this period of time that this a lot of the film is talking about. This couldn't have been much further from the truth than that uh, for them. So, for the people who were who knew Scotty, but it's his sort of happy warrior approach to everything that really makes this film special. Yes, that's a good point. Uh, he seems to have been unburdened by feelings of shame or guilt in regards to sex, which is highly unusual. Um, you know, I think that uh, Dr. Kinsey studied him yeah. as a specimen <laughs> of human sexuality, and uh, part of that package was that he just was never felt ashamed of any kind of sexual activity. So he calls himself everything or pansexual, right. and considering he was born in 1923 and was a boy during the Depression and then a young adult during the war and the post-war period, the McCarthy period, where sexual repression and fear of homosexuality was at its highest. Uh, The fact that he was um, practicing same sexuality and um, heterosexuality without any regard to... um, shame, guilt, or, um, you know, hiding these uh, pursuits of the of that kind of sexual activity is remarkable. Right. I'd like to remind our listeners that we're speaking with Matt Tiernauer, and he's the director of the new film, Scotty and the Secret History of Hollywood. Um, and part of the film is getting into, you're talking about his backstory, but also this horrific uh, period of his life in terms of uh, the uh, I can't imagine the horrors that he he saw and was was a part of in World War II. He came through. I think in the film it's talked about some six or seven of the most bloody battles of World War II. He he was engaged in in some way, and I can't imagine that coming. Yeah, th- go ahead, please. Oh no, I was going to say he was a Marine in the Second World War. He enlisted uh, at seventeen illegally. He was underage. Yeah farm boy from Illinois, goes out to San Diego and ships to the Pacific, where he was in um, many of the worst battles. And uh, this is just unimaginable. First of all, most of the veterans of the war in the Pacific are dead now. Uh, 
he is very much with it and has a very coherent description of what it was like to be there. So he's a many faceted character. It's not just sort of him to the stars that we're looking at here. We're looking at uh, the all-American boy from that period, and he's telling us everything that most of them left out of their narratives, including really terrible details of what it was like to be a young Marine um, fighting these battles. And his wartime traumas, I think, are connected to his pursuit of uh, free sexuality and uh, living a life that was somewhat hedonistic, I suppose, but he really has, he has the strongest work ethic of anyone I've ever met. Uh, he didn't just work as a, as a hustler and a pimp and a turner of tricks. He was doing every type of work. He really did work in the gas station. Yeah. He managed it and ran it. Uh, he really did have a bartending service, a tree trimming service. He was someone who laid concrete sidewalks and foundations, uh, you name it, he did it. He was kind of a man of all work for uh, important people and unimportant people all around Hollywood for 70, 80 years. What's great about that part of the story, and yeah, you're right, and even to this day we see him uh, at a pretty advanced age doing a lot of the the stuff around the house, Cutting trees, yeah, tree trimming is is a dangerous job at any age. But he's out there on a, on a ladder and um, and and other things. And you're right. And the the wonderful kind of aspect of the life that you explore quite a bit is all of the connections he continues to have with people from the gas station time, from people he's known throughout his life. They continue to. Uh, have this wonderful really he has this wonderful relationship with these people and it's all very very bright and they all talk so much about how wonderful and generous he was and continues to be it, it just it really it's a full profile of him I feel I feel very much like I, I got to know Scotty in the making of this film um, was there anything that sort of surprised you in about him about his sort of the trajectory of his life any, any aspect? Yeah, a lot of it really did. I, I, it's a wonderful story yeah. uh, with a lot of heartbreak and a lot of triumph over adversity. Um, yeah, on its surface, it's really a narrative that we are familiar with, kind of a greatest generation narrative, really. Yeah. Uh, depression, farm boy, loses the farm family loses the farm and he moves to the city of Chicago and then the war breaks out. Um, But he was doing things that the typical uh, boy of that period weren't doing. And this is the shocking part. I mean, he claims to have been uh, a sex worker from a very young age and has no problem with it. Apparently I may question him in the film because this is shocking material. Uh, he talks about kind of hustling around in downtown Chicago when he was in grade school, you know, overtly as a shoeshine boy, but then he was kind of like turning tricks and had all sorts of businesses. He had a paper route, but he also had kind of like a condom delivery business. Uh, <laughs> and, and this is shocking stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just don't hear people admitting that they did all these transgressive things. Certainly, 
so cheerfully. And um, this pattern continues throughout his entire life. He's kind of a trickster and a happy one, he says. Um, I think that his point of view is unusual. And again, I question him throughout the kind of long interview that is um, sprinkled uh, throughout the course of the Verite film. And he... He never changes his tune. He says, oh, no, everyone knew me downtown. I, I had no problem with this. I had no problem with that. And he's talking about rather shocking things, yeah. especially for someone who was young. But then he's talking about the war as well, and he loses his brother in the war. Um, really just terrible things happen. The most terrible, short of him being killed himself or, or seriously injured, yeah. miraculously, he's not injured. And he comes back stations himself in Hollywood, deciding not to go back to Chicago. Again, this is the story of the second half of the 20th century. Right. The war displaced so many young men and, and women, got them off the farm and, and dropped them into cities, and this is really what created the world as we know it. Yeah. So Scotty's a part of that, but he creates a part of the world that no one ever talked about. So he goes into the uh, brothel business, basically, invents the drive-through brothel out of a gas station in Hollywood. And he was very successful. He helped a lot of the the great movie stars and other people who ran the town find uh, same-sex assignations and sometimes heterosexual uh, with great discretion, which was necessary because there were morals clauses in the Hollywood studio contracts that assured you would be fired, maybe even ruined, if you did not conform to a heteronormative lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's all in this film and stuff that I you I've heard rumors of for years and uh and in the film because I've never heard and I've been reading about the film and reading up on it. I haven't heard anyone challenge the uh, the the what Scotty talks about in the film. Uh, there's n- nothing substantial or substantive about the pushback from any of the families or or any of the estates, shall we say, of the people named in the film, which I think is a, another testament to just how honest Scott Scotty Bowers is. And I guess if I were going to do a profile of him. It'd be a couple of things. One is he's a survivor. And secondly, he has this great capacity to own his own life in ways that I don't think a lot of us are able to do. So he owns, and he, and you can see it in, in, his, in the homes that he owns, that he, he doesn't like to throw things away. So he, he, he owns all of it, the good, the bad, and, and, and in between. And that's what I think is so endearing about him. That's what so draws you into him because... Uh, you can see it, like I said earlier, in in the people who come into the film to talk about what a wonderful, generous person he is. But he had an honor about when he was involved in in hustling. He was he kept that as a that was that was his business, if you will, and and that wasn't for 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 anyone else to know about. So uh, I, that's uh, sort of a, really draws me into his into, into him as a person is how how much honor he has and and how much he like i said owns everything about his life is that fair am i being fair to him 
Yeah, no, I mean, you, you say it very well. Uh, it's just it's just part of his remarkable charm and and uniqueness is yeah. that if anyone did seriously one one hundredth of the transgressive things that Scotty did, I, I want to say that I don't think he did anything that hurt anyone. By the way, yeah, um, but. He was a transgressive actor. He was a, a male prostitute from an early age and seemed to be a prostitute who freely admits that he enjoyed it and enjoyed sex and sexual activity. Again, this will be controversial. People think that he was too young. Uh, and again, I indeed question on him on this, and he firmly denies that uh, he was acting without... Um, uh, his own uh, acting outside of his own consent, but uh, we're all conditioned to be ashamed of anything transgressive yeah. or what what society at the moment considers transgressive. So, in context, uh, being gay uh, was highly transgressive in the uh, period when he was oh semi overtly gay or bisexual. He was certainly having a lot of sex with a lot of men, which was against the law in mm. most places. Yeah. And uh, something that was uh, proscribed, shunned, <laughs> and um, yes. and uh, was an act that you could be persecuted for or, or fired for. Yeah. And he was uh, doing it all over the place and seem to not have any real concerns or feelings of guilt about it. This is remarkable. This is why Kinsey studied him so intently, because he was so unusual in that regard. Yeah, yeah. Well, I uh, want to, you know, you, you have it with uh, Citizen Jane and the Battle battle for the City and uh, Scotty and the Secret History of Hollywood, as well to some degree, Valentino, The Last Emperor, you are, are in the business of of essentially shining a light on an alternative history of what we think we know about, certainly with Citizen Jane, the city of New York, here in the city of Hollywood. Um, what is it that draws you to, to these kinds of stories? Well, you know, the uh, secret history is one way to put it, but looking at familiar subjects, people, places, uh, from a angle that is unusual appeals to me a lot. Hollywood's the most told story in the world, probably. But to have someone that can provide a alternate history of Hollywood who was present yeah. uh, and the primary source was a great uh, project, yeah. in my opinion, to take on and kind of like a dream project. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned some of my other films. By the same token, I made a movie about fashion focusing on Valentino Garavani and Giancarlo Giametti, who were the people behind the fashion house of Valentino. Right. But really, it's a movie about a relationship, uh, a marriage, if you will, between these two gentlemen yeah. with fashion as a backdrop. And it shows the fashion world from... I think a uh, unusual angle and a kind of insider perspective, but 
not in a way that I think anyone had ever seen it before, yeah. which I think was the particular attraction to that project and uh, the idea of making a fashion film, which I didn't want to do from a kind of square, head-on approach. Well, and then with with Citizen Jane, again, people think they know New York, a, a, a city of which we think we know a lot about, and uh, and we see this this amazing story of of how that unfolded. What were the dynamic forces in play to into what we know as a modern day city? What the city, probably the most uh, celebrated city in the world, and uh, just a trip. And by the by the way, I'd like to add the the word accurate history you're, you're with your films with your work you're filling in you're filling in uh more than the details you're filling in the real in some ways the meat of the story of the of these particular institutions and these people so well i it's just a terrific film i, I enjoyed it i enjoyed it on um going into it I, I think i mentioned at the top of the interview going into it you're thinking oh you're going to find out about these different movie stars and, and you know all the stuff that you've been rumored and this that and the other thing and even in telling that part of the story telling wh- where scotty was with with all these different stars including hepburn and tracy and oh my god charles lawton and all, all a lot of different people the humanity in their story comes out because this is who they were this is what they they had to live a certain way or they had to pro- project a certain kind of live a lifestyle and and yet it's it is it's more humanizing especially from a perspective now of a increasingly hopefully increasingly uh, um open-minded society to understand these people as three-dimensional so that that's a good that's a wonderful part of the, of the telling of this story i i think that to say it's salacious is to really lean on the worst part of that sort of idea is that this was in fact who these people were and they just couldn't do, they just couldn't live their lives the way they wanted to. Is that? I, yeah. I mean, I've said so well, yeah. you know, there's been pushback. I call the people who are the pushbackers, the pearl clutchers and the deniers. <laughs> there are two types of, uh, kind of, um, anti, uh, anti history types object to this and they want the images of the movie stars to be kept intact and not quote unquote spoiled for them I, I really I have to raise the homophobia alarm here I mean why do people feel that they can say such a thing yeah. I suppose they feel like they can be denialists in the face of someone they see as a cheap hustler or something spilling the beans but <laughs> when you see the movie you see Scotty's anything but yeah. a sinister you know so-called pimp or hustler he's uh, a unique very uh, special and caring uh, human being but uh, why is it okay to say that we should have and maintain a straight washed uh, image of Catherine Hepburn or Cary Grant or any other great movie star uh, who are counted as historical figures, uh, why is that not homophobia? Why is it okay to know about a heterosexual affair that Cary Grant might have had uh, in his lifetime, but when you mention a homosexual liaison that Cary Grant had, it suddenly becomes salacious and uh, right. Right. unethical, right. has been said immoral. 
uh, this is shocking to me. What's wrong, as Scotty says in the film, when someone confronts him on this issue, he says, what's wrong with being gay? I'm pretty, I'm actually shocked that people think that they can spout homophobia like that uh, in polite conversation in this particular time that we live in. But but the way Scotty handled that particular uh, incident was with a smile. And he and he said thank you. I think he even said thank you or something at the end of it to basically kind of just take all of that, all of that uh, hatred out of it. It, it just it, it did a beautiful job of of addressing that particular question you're talking about. And uh, yeah, it's just wonderful. Just a wonderful, well done documentary. Um, and uh, people can find out about the film. Let's let them know that you can go to Altimeter Films. Dot com so that's a l t i m e t e r films dot com just google it it's a that's a great site for finding out about this and some of your other work and one last question before I let you go Matt you wrote uh, for one of the finest magazines in the history of magazines and one that I don't think truly it's truly missed and especially in this era you wrote for Spy magazine did you not I did I mean I was uh, I did write for I wrote there as an intern, but they, Spy was so low budget that the interns wrote <laughs> articles. <laughs> you can't say that I wrote for Spy. I just, I loved that magazine. I And it was just, it was so well done, so well written, so funny, so cutting and biting and spot on that to this day, I still have a, a stack of them that I look through every once in a while because I just thought it was a remarkable it, it was a it was a, a supernova in terms of magazines, and sorry to see it go, but uh, congratulations on your time with Spy. Oh, it's a proud association for me, and it went on. It led to the rest of my journalism career because it was co-founded by Graydon Carter, right. and he was until a few months ago the editor of Vanity Fair, where I was on the masthead for uh, a long time. Yes, well, a, a storied history for uh, yeah, Graydon and 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 his work, and but uh, well, thank you uh, so much, and I lo- I so look forward to your future work, Matt. It's just you're a terrific filmmaker, and uh, this is a great story and, and a wonderful documentary. So thank you so much for being here. Thanks. Always nice to be on the show. That's Matt Matt Tiernauer, the the director of the films Scotty and the Secret History of Hollywood. Thanks. Bye. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.